to Small Town News. I'm Keith. I'm Neil. I'm George. And I'm Craig. And what we do each session is read small town newspaper articles from small town newspapers somewhere across the United States. We are reading these articles for the first time. They are provided to us by the wonderfully talented but the woefully underpaid Dr. Saxon. The doctor of words. From those articles, we might take a character, a situation, maybe just a singular word, and we're going to improvise stories around it. We're just trying to make big stories out of small town news. Where are we today, George? We are searching for pictures that don't exist in a town known as... Frenchtown, New Jersey. But everything about this is confusing to me because the paper is the Delaware Valley News. Right. So yep. we're in a state. And then French we're in Frenchtown. Well, we know how we feel about the French. And we're, but we're in the United States. Yeah. But the, the state is New Jersey. Jersey. So we're Frenchtown, yeah. Jersey, Delaware, Delaware Valley. There's a lot going on. I'm not going to remember any of these. No. The only thing that'll help us is like Delaware doesn't have like any identity that I associate with it. So I'm not going to have a Delaware <laughs> as well as a not bridge. Exist. All I remember is the bridge. There's a bridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the place with the bridge, right? And, and right. Jersey's the place with dice, right? Or what? with Joe Pesci. Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, okay. I, oh, sorry. I thought you meant like the rolling instrument yeah. <laughs> that you use to get random numbers. Yeah, there's only one dice manufacturer in all of the United it's States. It's in yeah. Jersey. in Jersey. What's that place with all the dice? You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're doing blackjack, you know what, you know what I'm talking about? The things, they're like squares. You got dots on them. The dice it's bridge. not measles. It's not measles. It's, just, it's the cow. It's intentional. It's the cow. Frenchtown, New Jersey, is home to 1,300 residents, and its population has been steadily declining from its high point of 1,500 residents in the 1980s. Frenchtown is a borough on the Delaware River in Hunterdon County. The town is 30 miles north of the New Jersey state capital, Trenton. New York City is 70 miles east of town. The town was first named Alexandriaville and then later Sunbeam. Oh, that's the best name. Yeah, stick with Sunbeam. Sunbeam. It is Frenchtown. <laughs> in the 1790s <laughs> I just imagine someone walked, in, someone walked into town with a huge gun and said French out and all the sunbeams ran away you have these artists with these poetic names French town the way he said it just reminded me of Janet Reno. <laughs> French town. <laughs> Whoa, Janet Reno. Oh, That's wow. what the picture the picture was of Janet Reno. Oh, yes. that makes That's sense what we now. can't see. Oh, perfect. Um, in the 1790s, it was named Frenchtown because the majority of the townspeople spoke French and were French or Swiss Huguenot refugees. <laughs> that is how the Ramies found their way to the United States. Huguenots? Mm -hmm. Really? Cool. Yep. Rami. I'm French. Rami. Wait, but but it was named Sunbeam before the 1790s. Yeah. Wait, why is that impressive? Uh, actually, because no. that sounds like something they would have called it in the 70s, like the 1970s, <laughs> not the 1790s. A town called Sunbeam. Because I mean, th there was nothing hopeful in the 1700s. Yeah. Nothing right. about that. Yeah. They were just trying to bring a little bit of sparkle and razzle dazzle to the Jersey countryside. They were trying. <laughs> Prior to European colonization, the Lenape people lived in the area of present-day Frenchtown. Go ahead. Well, Give it a shot. Pasahaman. Pasahaman is a football-esque sport developed by the Lenape. Several American Indian tribes along the East Coast have played football-like games for centuries. But for some tribes, including the Lenape, <coughs> their games are a co-ed sport. In Pasahaman, there can be over 100 players in a game, and those players are divided into two teams. One team is only men, and the other only women. The goal of the game is to no. get the ball. Why did you read that? Well, it's interesting. I've it's never only heard of women. A, have you ever heard of a game like that? That is, that no, is odd. I mean, that's 
It's surprising. Just every today. middle school dance. It's the Isn't true that how the teams line up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's the true battle of the sexes. The goal of the game is to get the ball through the other team's goalposts. The nine what? Inch, <laughs> the nine-inch ball is an oblong shape made of deer skin and stuffed with deer hair. The rules? So, so they turned a deer inside out. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what we need to do is pull all this hair off the skin and stick it inside. The rules of Pahasaman are also gendered. Women can kick and carry the ball and can pass the ball with their hands or feet. Men are only allowed to kick and to pass with their feet. A woman can only be tackled if she does not have the ball in her hands. Wait, oh. if she doesn't? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. You can only you can tackle them when so they don't have do you- the ball. Okay. Once the ball is in her hands, the opposing male team can still attempt to dislodge the ball but cannot tackle her. Since men are not allowed to carry the ball, they can always be tackled by the female players. Twelve wooden sticks are used to keep score. Each time a goal is made, the scorekeeper moves one of the sticks into the scoring team's pile. The game is over once all of the sticks have been awarded to the teams. If there is a tie, with each team having scored six, then the players continue the game until one team makes the tie-breaking goal. They stopped playing this because it's so convoluted, right? I, I guess. Or maybe it's sexist. No, or because perhaps some women were getting broken in half because men were tackling them. Without the ball. Just, why are you tackling them? So isn't that the Yeah, move? that's what, I mean, I guess they're yeah. a strategy, like, if you can assume that they're about to have the ball passed to them, that's why you would tackle so, them? So the whistle blows and every man tackles every woman except the one woman with the ball. That's got to be your strategy, right? That's awful. <laughs> it would just be a mess. <laughs> Neil pushes his microphone away. Why? What, what, why? Uh, I just have nothing to say. French town. <laughs> it seems like a. I don't. So not not being the sport, the team sport guy. Anyway, what I do like about the game is once the twelve sticks are awarded, the game is over. Just done. Take Unless the sticks high. But then it's just one more goal. Yeah. We, we know when the end is coming. It's yeah, great. but we don't know how hard it is to score goals in this game. If nope. it's like soccer and you've got to get 12 of them scored. That would suck. It's got a deer, deer skin. So the ball. question is, <laughs> if the guys are only allowed to kick and pass, are they kicking the women to dislodge the ball? Oh. It, it, it sounds a bit like the Wild West playing this game. Kind of like rugby. Yeah. Guys, 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 I got an idea. Let's turn a deer inside out and just beat the hell out of all the women. <laughs> That's what the game sounds like, isn't it? it does. Let's group them together so they'll be easier to find. Throw the ball to the one you don't want to knock down. <laughs> and we'll say they can tackle us. Like they're yeah. allowed to do that. Well, how do we know once we've won? I got sticks. <laughs> I got the biggest pile of sticks. Yeah. Get up on sticks. <laughs> Pick up these sticks. <laughs> and Kerensky. A snow jumper and two-time Olympic silver medalist lives in Frenchtown. Did you say snow jumper? I did say s- show jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the, the snow jumper. It's quite snow a show, jump. though. I thought she was it. a snow a, a, a Olympic snow, snow jumping. Snow show. She's a snow, <laughs> snow. show jumper. You just uh, jump horses. and show off? Horses. Oh, I was thinking like a skier. <laughs> hey, a horse jumping over snow, though, it, without tr- you know slipping, I mean, that's impressive. I was just thinking people jumping over snow jumping piles. Over I, went, I went right along with you. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate <laughs> that you clarified that because I would have continued thinking that we were skiing. And I was just jumping. thinking about those long range, like the, the, they go down the slope and then they're up in the air for a long time on yeah. skis. That's what I, my brain just connected mean, the dots. Ski jump? Eh, if you want to get fancy with it. I want to put a horse on skis. <laughs> I bet there's been one on skis before. Probably so, right? I bet there's Not a reason you don't see them anymore. Yeah. 
Because I would that. imagine the horse would fight that every non-step of the way. Yeah. And just... Oh, my God. It'd be awful. Right? It'd be fun for a second. And then it would be Until terrifying. Until it fell and broke everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah, on the, the horse and you. All the way yeah. down the hill. And the, the people are just waiting with a shotgun at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> they, they That's the aim, fellas. That's how you play that game. Turn the horse inside out and start throwing it around and tackling women again. <laughs> all right, this time the rules flip. <laughs> God. All right, so just to clarify, Anne was a show jumper. And that involves horses. All right. After her Olympic and professional riding career, and started her own riding school in Frenchtown, where she teaches show jumping and other equestrian sports. In show jumping, the rider and the horse navigate a course and jump over fences, walls, and water. Show jumping is one of the newer equestrian sports. It began in the 18th century in England with the Enclosures Acts. The Enclosure Acts were a series of British laws that created personal property rights for land that was formerly held as public or common land. The new landowners started putting up walls and fences and digging ditches to mark their boundaries and keep people off their property. Undaunted by other people's claims to the newly private property, riders and hunters, especially fox hunters, moving across these enclosed lands simply jumped over the obstacles. The jumping slowly transformed into the sport of show jumping. While most modern show jumpers ride astride the saddle, early female show jumpers always rode side saddle. Yeah, it's baller right there. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping over a fence side saddle? Yeah. 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 However, Anne, like most modern riders, did not ride side saddle in the Olympics, and it does not appear that she teaches side saddle jumping at her Frenchtown school. So I love that this prestigious Olympic sport began out of trespassing. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth Gelbert, a journalist and author, also lives in Frenchtown. Elizabeth might be best known for Eat, Pray, Love, which was published in 2006 and then turned into a movie in 2010. However, one of her first successes as a writer was in 1997. That year, she published an article for GQ magazine entitled The Muse of the Cowboy Ugly Saloon. Coyote. What did I say? Cowboy. Cowboy. Snow jumping. <laughs> Snow jumping cowboy. Man, that was ugly. <laughs> the muse of the Coyote Ugly Saloon about her experience as a bartender in Manhattan's cowboy. <laughs> ugly cowboy. Coyote Ugly Bar. My baby's been stolen by all them cowboys. <laughs> Never let your babies grow up to be cowboy uglies. Her article was the basis of the 2000 movie Coyote Ugly. And the New York bar was the first in what became a global chain of Coyote Ugly saloons. The bar chain is popular for its bar top dancing. And Elizabeth's article and the latter film reignited a fad of bar top dancing in the United States. It did. Did any of you ever see that happen while you were at a bar? No. No. Yeah, I have. Uh, It's not as good and as polished as the movie. Was it a Coyote Ugly bar you were in? Uh, not, no, it was not a coyote, ugly, like sanctioned or franchise. It was a cowboy ugly bar and it's a very different experience. (laughs) So I want to, I'm going to clarify. I've seen people dance on bar tops. It was not scheduled or done by employees. Well, I've seen that that too. That's also (laughs) different. Did they fall down? Because most tables aren't. Designed they they were not standing well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, bar tops are not made to be stood upon, let alone yeah. moving on top of. 
So, but you went to a bar that apparently uh, had like the real deal. Well, I wouldn't say the real deal. Uh, several bars, though, where that was just something that the bartenders and waitstaff all agreed that they were going to start doing to try and get tips. Mm-hmm. And so, at, periodically throughout the night, they would all just get up on the bar and do a dance to a song. And it was not very well choreographed at all. It was just, we saw this thing on TV and now we want to do it. So, when they do that, you got to move your. Your drink and yes. your bowl of nuts or whatever you got on there. Yeah, you got to you move your nuts. And you're not going to be able to get a drink for the, at least three and a half minutes because they're all tied up doing yeah. their song and dance. Well, don't worry. They're so good at getting the drinks out anyway. That three and a yeah. half minutes doesn't matter. Bar top dancing, which is primarily done by women, has its roots in strip teases and other erotic dances. And it's still often seen as risque and taboo. In New York, bar top dancing was illegal until 2001, until Mayor Bloomberg relaxed the enforcement of various cabaret laws. A different form of bar top dancing happens in Germany during Oktoberfest. And that form is less sexy and sensual and much more drunkenly dangerous. I have a that's feeling, the kind I've seen. I have yeah. a feeling that's a majority <laughs> of bar top dancing you will mm-hmm. find. <laughs> Intoxicated men and women at Oktoberfest events will occasionally try to dance in the makeshift tables and bars in the festival tents. Makeshift is a very key word there. Tables and (laughs) bars that are meant to be set up and removed quickly and not meant to hold one or more gyrating humans. Many German festivals now have rules forbidding bar top dancing. However, dancing on chairs and benches is still allowed at the events. Yeah. Sauerkraut ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your time in Frenchtown. If things feel a little off in this week's stories, it is because y'all are time traveling. Nearly all of the articles were published in 2008, the most recent year available from the Delaware Valley News in my database. One of the articles in this week's collection was first published in 1958 and then reprinted in 2008. That'll be fun to try to figure out which one. Yeah, I hope she doesn't tell us. I hope we figure it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Farm tours on National Alpaca Farm Days. No author listed. Three Hunterdon County Alpaca Farms will join together to celebrate National Alpaca Farm Days with open farm tours on Saturday, September 27th and Sunday, September 28th. The Saturday festivals will be hosted by the... I'm going to make the screen bigger on this one here. Kerlinko. The Kerlinko family. <laughs> Try making it smaller. <laughs> Kerlinko. Quality products. Now available at CVS. At their farm, wool and gray alpacas in Kingwood Township. On Sunday, each farm will welcome visitors. The other two farms taking place will be the Lamer family. <laughs> Is that capitalized? Yes. What's okay. their last yes. name? <laughs> Is the better family also participating? (laughs) I know where I'm going. Clemenco. (laughs) The labor family of Bella Crya Alpacas in Franklin Township and the Stacy family of Pronkers Siri Resort in Andrea Township. Children from the families who belong to the Hunterton County 4-H Alpaca Club and the A-Paca Kids... We'll have a kids' craft table and the 4-H bake sale fundraiser. Uh, a pack of kids. 
Sorry, I just got that. Yes. What, what was it? A dash PACA kids. Like, a PACA kids. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Acronym for alpaca. Yes. If I just said a PACA, it wasn't going to read. I gotcha. Frenchtown. <laughs> <laughs> That's our edit for the rest of the day. <laughs> Sunbeam. Carding and spinning demonstrations are also scheduled for throughout the day. A free seminar, Alpacas as an Investment, is scheduled. Alpaca is a luxury fiber comparable to cashmere and is hypoallergenic. From Alpaca. carding to caching. Ah, that's that's yeah. the name of the, that's the name of the seminar. There you go. Yeah. Alpaca contains no lanolin and claims the widest array of natural colors of any fiber animal. What is lanolin? I mean, it's an oil, right? Okay, so so you wouldn't have an oily sweater. Okay, who has oily sweater? I, I hate it when I put on a sweater and it's just drenched, <laughs> soaked in oil. That's how I keep Ooh. mine from shrinking. <laughs> that, that's, that makes sense to me. I take it off. I've got my hamper, and then right next to it, I've got my fryer oil. <laughs> just plop it right in there. So the whole day, I smell like French fries, and my sleeves and wrists are always covered. I'm not against this idea. I'm not. Helps in the rain, too. It really does. Just yeah. keep him away from open flames. It makes a nice little rainbow trail behind me. The animals love you. With a highly efficient digestive system and padded feet, alpacas have a low environmental impact on soils and pasture. All of these things combine to make alpacas well-suited to small acres. Raising alpacas also qualifies farmers for farmland assessment and has very favorable tax incentives. All right, we cut to a residential neighborhood in that town of Frenchtown, and uh, a neighbor is coming over to, uh, to knock on... A door. Yes? Jimmy. Yeah, Pete. Yep, you know me. I'm Pete, your neighbor. Um, yes, Pete. I don't know why you always say that. <laughs> well, Jimmy, because this, what I want to talk to you about concerns the neighborhood. Okay. You're not allowed to raise livestock, and I count five alpacas in your backyard. They're pets. They're pets. Pets. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're not, you don't have five alpacas for any commercial reason, Jimmy? No, it'd take a lot more than five to make it work for commercial reasons. Mm-hmm. Why do you need five pets? What are their names, Jimmy? Um, well, I haven't really given them no. names yet. Oh, what so do you do the first time you bring a pet home, Jimmy? You name it. Maybe at your house. We, at don't, my- we don't name all of our pets. Well, okay. What other pets do you have you haven't named? So the pig over there is Clancy. See, I was going to get to the other livestock. I appreciate you bringing it up. So the pig's named Clancy. Yeah. Okay. What about the two horses? Oh, that's uh, Ermine, and I hadn't named the other one yet. Did you name all your bees? All the bees you got? Just, just the queen. Bee- <laughs> just the queen. You got eight bee houses, <laughs> and you're not involved in livestock. Is that right, Jimmy? Correct. Okay, so what's the queen bee's name? Dolores. Daddy, who's at the door? Uh, it's our neighbor, Pete. You know our neighbor, Pete. You know me. I'm your neighbor, Pete. Hi, it's- neighbor, Pete. You know me. Yeah, I I know you, Thomas. That is my daughter. Why are you calling my daughter Thomas? Oh, I see. You named your daughter something other than Thomas. What'd you name your daughter, uh, Jimmy? Gladys. Gladys. All right, so you got a name for your daughter. You just don't have a name for all your pet your pet livestockery. It's not livestockery. We've gone through this. You get upset every time I bring another animal home. I do. Gladys loves animals. We're just... 
trying to make sure that she can explore that. She wants to be a veterinarian. Well, let me ask Gladys. Gladys? Yeah. You know, I'm your neighbor, but I'm also the head of the HOA board. I don't know what that means. Well, I'm in charge of the neighborhood. I'm making sure people follow That's the rules. That's not true. It's not. He's not in charge of the neighborhood. Let's sweetie. just assume it's true for okay. the next question. Thanks, All right. Pete Hoa. All right, Gladys. Let me ask you about your about your alpacas. You know what alpacas are? Well, yeah, of course. You ever, you ever card the wool of an alpaca? Only on Tuesdays. Only on Tuesdays. We do that wool, Gladys. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, doing great. Hey, I just came over to uh, to get that alpaca wool. Oh, absolutely. It's right in the back. Oh, that's great. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh, sure. so, oh uh, yeah. So you are you are you here to buy wool from oh, alpaca? Buy? Yes. Oh no, that's illegal. You can't do that. Well, why are you no. picking up the wool from from his pets? We don't oh, want to well, go to waste. We, tr- we trade. Yeah, we trade. Yeah, I he I take the wool from his alpacas, and he takes the fur off of my Dotsons. Yeah, yeah, it's a trade. Oh, there's nothing commercial about it. It's just a trade amongst neighbors. Yep. I recognize you now. You live at the foot of the hill. That's right, the foot of the hill. That's why they call me Foot of the Hill Thompson. Yeah, Listen, that's your neighbor Thompson. I know. Right. I recognize you now. You don't ever come to the meetings, but you got a yeah. lot of dachshunds. I have a lot I, of. I last counted thirteen dachshunds in your backyard. Well, you know, I started with three, but you know, we we started trading fur of animals, they and in order like to rabbits, keep up with those alpacas, I had to get some more dachshunds. It's only fair. I don't want to shortchange my friend Jimmy here. And they're long-haired dachshunds. I could tell. Well, you know. More hair. <laughs> and to sweeten the deal even more so, I also um, I cut the hair of my daughter, and I throw that in as well, you know, because it just, trying to be fair. Fair is fair. Well, Gladys likes to wear I, it, too. That, it's a pretty color. It feels color. nice. You can see how I've woven it into. Oh, 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 Gladys, that, that's the Dotson hair you're wearing. Oh, that would explain why I've been getting so many looks at the bazaar. So there's been. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew. I knew the moment I read some, whatever that particular sentence was. I was just kind of like, I didn't know you were going to start a scene, but in my head, I just went, George is going to want alpacas now. <laughs> I knew it. Trying to find loopholes. <laughs> I knew like, George wants to farm alpacas in his yard in the historic district. And I want to get in their pets. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is going to be funnier for me. Then when George says, did you name your bees? (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the funniest things I've heard in my life. That That killed me. And that was why I wanted to come in as the kid, because I so didn't want to have a name at all. I know. I was was hoping that, too. It was too late once he named it, but he had to at least be wrong. Yeah. Did you (laughs) name your bees? (laughs) Department of Health warns against wood-fired boilers. No author listed. This might be the 1958 one. I would hope so. Yeah. But, oh, she said it was reprinted. It was in 2008. So people still using wood-fired boilers? What's wrong with them? It's been 50 years. There was a resurgence in the use of wood-fired boilers. What is a wood-fired boiler? I've been saying that as if I know what it is. So, yeah. Yeah, but what is that? You burn wood to heat water for what? To make soup? No, to heat your house. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? Do you think people have boilers in their house to keep their soup warm? (laughs) I'm thinking, why would you you boil water? Why boys just cut out a hole in the wall of the house and bring in this six-ton piece of metal, hook it all up, because we're going to be eating soup for 20 years. What? Could you imagine if fryers and restaurants had to be wood-burned? Yeah, wood, wood-fired wood fryers, Ugh. wood-fired boilers, wood-fired uh, microwave not microwaves, but ovens. And you, like wood-fired wood-fired fired microwave ovens. is my favorite. <laughs> wood-fired car? 
wood fire just haul in a trailer of wood throw like a train with a caboose <laughs> i like the me. idea i like the idea that okay it's like we need to write an article we need to do this and then you go through your archives or whatever and then you find oh they already wrote an article about this 1958 like, like 70 years ago oh that still works just reprint it <laughs> i love that. well i love and hate that idea so again a resurgence of wood-fired boilers so why would there be um, when people are trying to get off the grid, that was sort of the whole new thing. So one of the um, hunting camps that we used to go to in Harmony, North Carolina, but back up in the foothills. Mm-hmm. Down um, the base of the hill, Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's your neighbor. Um, but they, uh, no, they had um, a, a wood-fired boiler to heat their whole facility. It was like 10,000 square feet. But So yeah. what, do you, what do you fire instead of wood for your boiler? Dotsons. No, they're normally like gas-fired, so it's normally natural gas, LP. Okay, uh, It's been oil back in the day. So. Expensive way to make soup, Greg. It really is, it is. but it keeps it hot. It keeps but if you just really put hot. the soup in instead of the water, then you don't have to heat two liquids. Like soup-fired yeah. boilers. You've got yeah. a thousand gallons of soup. People, this house like soup. is soup heated. <laughs> <laughs> it runs through the pipes. <laughs> the problem is you're hungry all day. You smell it. <laughs> You get really sick of chicken noodle. Chicken noodle. You won't eat it for the rest of your life. <laughs> Different soups. Pay no attention to that vent down there where noodles and carrots are bubbling up through. In the summertime, you use gaspacho. <laughs> this is cold soup <laughs> running through the pot. Gaspacho? Nat- gas- natural gaspacho. <laughs> That's how they say in Natural gaspacho. <laughs> natural gaspacho. <laughs> All right. Let's see. <clears throat> now that we know what wood-fired boilers are... <laughs> If you, <laughs> we already did. So indignant. <laughs> if you are considering installing a wood fire boiler, or if you already have one operating at your property, be aware that the state has strict guidelines and laws about these systems. If your unit violates the regulations, you are subject to fines and penalties by local agencies responsible for enforcing the law. Outdoor wood fired boilers, a type of indirect heat exchanger, have to comply with state laws protecting clean air said Jim Gallows, head of the consumer health team with the Hunterdon County Department of Health. The regulation, NJAC 727-3. Oh, that one. Yeah, that's the one. States that stationary indirect heat exchangers, such as outdoor wood-fired boilers, produce... (coughs) 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 Frenchtown. Ironically, produce no smoke. Now, produce no smoke except for three minutes in any 30-minute period. This rule does not apply to outdoor fireplaces such as chimeneas or fire pits, indoor fireplaces, and coal or pellet stoves, Mr. Gallows explained. We're working to get word out to Hunterdon County residents that if they own or operate an outdoor wood-fired boiler that produces visible emissions for more than three minutes per 30-minute period, they are in violation. In our county, the local boards of health and the county health department are responsible for ensuring that compliance with the standard is maintained. What jackass is watching that? Uh, three minutes every 30-minute period. Visible emissions. <laughs> That's a great punk fan. Yeah. That, is, that, is a, that is a bad phrase for 12-year-old boys. <laughs> Visible yeah. emissions. Yes. Yeah. That, that is something that somebody was charged with on night court. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Let's see. Our registered environmental health specialists make field trips to do inspections when we receive complaints. Since no known wood-fired boiler has yet complied with the New Jersey standard, any such unit operating in the county will likely violate state law. When we find a system producing visible smoke, we will typically issue a fine and in order to cease the violation, explained Mr. Gallo. So it's a law that outlaws the use of wood-fired boilers. 
because there's no way to keep visible emissions less than three minutes every 30 minutes. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. We want residents to know that this is a law protecting public health and not just an inconvenience, he added. People ask why we need this law, and that's a fair question. I think the answer provides the best reasons. Inhaling smoke from an outdoor wood-fired boiler presents a health risk for you, your family, and your neighbors. That's science that we can't argue with. What kind of health risk do wood-fired boilers present? Consider this. Wood smoke contains fire... No, excuse me. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Consider this again. Wood smoke contains fine particulate matter and toxic contaminants. Here are a few examples of what fine particulate matter is linked to. Aggravated asthma. Reduced lung function. Development of chronic bronchitis. Irregular heartbeat. Heart attack. Premature death in persons with heart and lung disease. Children See, and this is one of those stupid ass laws that is so backwards. So wood smoke has all those things in it? Like you're sitting in a yeah. campfire and you got your wood fired campfire? <laughs> and you're trying to make your wood fired s'mores? Heating up your soup? <laughs> your wood fired soup? Maybe a pizza? <laughs> but it, but you're taking people who are probably they're going to heat their homes with wood, right? <clears throat> so you're going to yeah. take a chimney that is significantly less efficient at, in heating a home. Yeah. Produces more smoke. Mhm. And we're not concerned about that at all. It's burning the same right. thing. It's like and we can all see minute, it. In a 30-minute period, it produces visible emissions for 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. All, all you need to do is take your outdoor wood boiler and take the smoke sack off of that and then just connect it to your chimney. Oh. And, and now you're done. It, yeah. Life hack. Yeah. Um, pro tip. Yeah, pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> emissions from burning wood also contain harmful air pollutants, including sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, benzene, formaldehyde, and dioxins. Dioxins? Long hair. <laughs> they've been rolling down the bottom of the hill. You call bottom it, of the hill, Thompson. You call it long hair. I call it kindling. <laughs> Is it just a thing, though, that you put wood into and burn it and then there's water in there that boils? There's a lower chamber. That Seriously, is, don't you want to know? I, I mean, I've seen boilers. i got a general idea of how they work. Yeah, okay. there's like a lower chamber that's the firebox, and then it heats the water above it. Yeah, or the broth. Yes. The broth, also known as the chicken water. Right. you got to <laughs> spig it in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, it's a, just a simple boiler, just the burner. Instead of having burners at the bottom, it's a what? <laughs> Sorry, I was just, it's just, it's just broth. You want to get all fancy. It's chicken water, damn it. <laughs> That chicken water. We cut to George in the uh, large appliance aisle of Lowe's. <laughs> Looking for your uh, wood-fired boilers. Well, we don't really sell them, but I guess you could probably I can help you figure out how to make one. If uh, You can build me a wood-fired boiler? To well, you can build home. one. I'll, I'll help you get the parts and stuff. I mean, well, That's good service. I just want you to know, you know they're illegal here, right? It's illegal to burn wood on my own property? And use that wood heat energy to boil water on my own property? I'm with you. That's okay. why I'm going to help you. you. So you can get my, my sense of indignation. I do. And government okay. trying to control how we burn our wood and where yes, we burn our wood. Absolutely. Right. I grew the tree. I should be able to burn the tree. Right. Or if someone else grew it, I should be able to burn their tree. Okay. I'm if not I, sure I should I respond to that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I don't know I should respond trees. to that. You understand. We're on the same page. So the first thing you're going to have to do is you, you probably should just get like a, a cast iron insert. Okay, um, was that like a pot? No, <laughs> like one that would go in your fireplace. What does that mean? Right? No. Do you know anything about burning wood? Let's start there. What I know is I currently have a house that is generally cold. 
okay, so first we'll, we're, we have to get a firebox. So, all right, so I recommend the cast iron job here. You see this guy? Oh, yes. So, yeah, oh, you, okay. so you do sell a wood-burning boiler. No, no, this doesn't do the water part. We're going to have to do the, the water part separately. I got pots. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, so you've got it figured out. You just Don't need, try to uh, sell me a fancy pot. You just need a wood-burning stove. I've got a wood-burning stove. Why are you here? I'm confused. <laughs> because it only keeps the kitchen warm. <laughs> so if you get a few more wood-burning stoves, just put them in other rooms. No, I don't want to turn every room into a kitchen. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you. No, no, I appreciate it. But I'm you're... just trying to make it work for my situation. Okay, so you're going to have to steer me if you're just going to keep shooting down all okay, my ideas. So, so way my house works, I've got one kitchen and one fireplace. Okay. And then I have rooms that, don't, that aren't kitchens and don't have fireplaces. I'm just looking for some way to keep them warm. So we got to have a way to burn wood and wood. contain the heat. Lots of wood. Perfect. Okay. You're going to need it, by and the way. pots. Good. I don't think the pots are going to be helpful. Uh, okay. <laughs> Cut to the same conversation six hours later. So let me tell you about this one pot. It's cast iron. It's got two handles, and it holds about eight gallons. I don't even work in this department. I use it I for stews. I skip my lunch for you. Mostly for stews. Yeah, I appreciate it. But Here at Home Depot, we try to keep people happy, and I'm getting really tired of listening to you. I'm sorry that I have a, apparently a unique situation in my home life. <laughs> Every solution I've given you, you laugh and say, no, I've already got that. Well, I, I, I mainly have pots. We've Every about- time you go back to pots. Every time. I also have my own water source. You keep trying to sell me different plumbing apparatus. I don't need that. So I just assume I've got water and vessels to hold the water. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I'm trying to sell you a vessel I have to wood. hold the fire. Don't tell me any more about wood. Got wood. So how do you recommend we contain the fire without some fire containment apparatus? Honey, That's why I came here. Honey, I've been sitting outside freezing in the pot for hours. This is my wife. Hello. I'm so sorry. Now, this is my wife. Very We're married. Cold. Yes, I'm so sorry. She's Would you like to go? You know what? We have the space heaters right over there. There are a couple of plugged oh, up. If you want yes, to go sit please. right over there, absolutely. Space what sort of wood do those use? Will you use? please hold this pot while I go over gotcha. there? Gotcha. Yes. Oh, oh, I've heard all about this one. This is the one from your grandmother. We talked yes. about the heirloom pot. Oh, yeah. Her the husband brought it back from World War II. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's German. Belgium. Well, oh, is this, oh, this is the German I, I, one? It's European. Okay. All yeah, right. Whatever. It's European. What, either one. You've not ta- made here. And you told me that's important, too. And I understand that. So my, my wife is over there on those with the uh, space heaters. She looks like she's getting nice and so cozy. Good. Yes, she seems to be enjoying herself. And, and you just plug them into the wall. Plug them into the wall. Oh, plug it into the wall. Yeah. What, what, what Do you have holes in the wall for this to have to happen? Uh, into the outlet. The what now? The outlet. outlet. Do you have electricity at your house? We have pots. <laughs> <laughs> We don't so much have a... No, we don't. We don't. We have a fireplace. What is this electricity you speak of? Uh, if you look up and you see the, the lights up there... No, oh, hold the on. Don't be, no, don't be feeling our head with that. Talk about the holes in the roof? Don't no, be, no, no, no. Not, not the holes. So it's that. And, and you see the screens with the, the televisions that are running the ads right there. Uh, a uh, kitchen. Uh, home what, Depot. what is that? Uh, what? Home Depot shoppers. Uh, we have got a, a vehicle in the parking lot. Oh, well, it, it, it's a buggy. It's being uh, carried by horses. It is unwielding. Uh, please come and take care of your horses. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know people still did that. I didn't know people other than us did. Who is was that? Your... that? The, Where oh, did that Minnie. 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 Uh, that, uh, Minnie? 
That's your name? Yes. I'm David. Nice hi, to meet you, Minnie. Hi, David. Yep, so that is just the intercom system. So there's a guy up front, and he's got a little microphone that he speaks into, and it goes across the speakers uh, here in the store. Minnie, apparently someone else has a buggy out there that's causing trouble. Nope, I would suspect that's going to be your buggy. Like, you don't have to go out there. It's up that's to you. That's presumptuous. Uh, attention, uh, Home Depot shoppers, the, the horse and buggy uh, formerly uh, mentioned, they are now spilling pots all over the parking lot. Pots? No one is able to leave the parking lot. Please, please control your horse and buggy. Oh, I forgot to buckle the pot saddle on, on the trigger. Minnie, one of them pots came from your grandmother. Go out there and tend to your pots. Well, it's so cold out there. And I, wanna, this, this I think you should. I'll, I'll t- you go get the horses. I'll be right I'll- back. I'll, fine. Don't be filling her head with ideas. I'll see you in a minute. All right. Thank Andy, you. I'll be right back. All right. David, can you help me figure out a way? To- I'm going to try and help you a lot right now. Oh, good. Okay. Thank so, you. Electri- like modern conveniences, Minnie. That's what you're looking for. Your oh, you husband- mean like standing up? No. What? Like electricity and hot water? Have you ever had a water heater? A water? A hot water? Yes. No. Yes. And it's on demand. Like, do you have indoor plumbing? Like, a, or do you, like... Everywhere. It's not being used at all. We just got pops and hoses in every room in the house. And something about a bathroom or a kitchen. Maybe in every room. There's, I hear it in the walls. Okay. Okay. Um, do you like it there? Are you there of your own free will? I don't like it there at all. It's. Do you want to stay here? I, I would love that. You can, can stay just, at, the, this, at the Home Depot. Can I just live in this box right here? Crawl in. Cut to five minutes later. All right. I've secured all the pots. Everyone, everyone we brought is accounted for and stacked in each other like nesting dolls. It doesn't take all that much room if you just plan. Where's Minnie? So I think Minnie likes it here. I, I think she would like to try some of those modern conveniences. Um, you seem to be a man of means. You have two horses. Two horses. Yeah. Those are just the ones I brought. Oh. Mm. You know, just selling a horse or two or, you know, anything like that. You you get yourself a probably a, a fine house, some electricity. Stay warm all the time. You don't really have to worry about all the pots, perhaps. Well, I came here for advice on one specific thing. Didn't need to know all what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm just going to go home. With my wife? No. My horses? No. And our pots. Come for my theory on this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it just seems like yeah, George just, and Neil, like George yeah. having legit questions <laughs> about the boiler, <laughs> and Neil trying to explain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is just George and Neil. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Guest towels. There are upsetting contemporary goings-on that require a man's concentrated attention. And among them, no single situation is more pressing or acute than the guest towel mania. So you did say guest towels. Guest towels. So what does that mean? I understand this conundrum. Keep Was going. Was that the headline? The headline is guest towels. Oh, that's it. There's no author. No author listed. Okay. Oh. Well, you can't. You don't want people to know that you're against all of this tomfoolery with guest towels. Okay, all right, please all right. continue. I'm so, I, do, I don't know where this is going, and I'm very interested. All right, no more pressing issue. The countryman is not an ardent do-gooder. He is not a reformer at heart. He is a conservative hillside farmer who prefers to live comfortably, unhurriedly, and at peace with his neighbors. But through some inexplicable feminine philosoph- psychological slant, the ladies have gone all out 
for miniature, brightly colored textile bits that they artistically droop over bars, which should be laden with towels of size and substance. Do y'all remember? (laughs) Hey, I'm with it. I'm with the author. I'm. (laughs) Me too. I, I have gone full Winona Ryder on this side of the table. There's that clip. I think it was like Stranger Things won an award or something, and they brought the whole cast on stage. Yeah. And it was this viral thing. They went close up on Winona Ryder's face, and with every word that was being spoken by whoever, she was just, what? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? Like, like, her mind was like simultaneously both blown and just perplexed. Yes. I have no idea what's going on. Please continue. Yes. The dictionary says a towel is an article used to dry something that is wet. If you enjoy collecting evidence to be analyzed objectively, measure the guest towels in the next few bathrooms in which you find yourself. The average size of the doodadish, rainbow-hued bits of cloth. I like how he refuses to call them a towel. Yeah. Bits of cloth. Or she. I don't know. <laughs> no, he, this is a he. <laughs> is eight and one-sixteenth inches wide by 11 and five-sixteenth inches long. What kind of psychopath is breaking out a ruler in the guest bathroom? Not somebody you want to invite to your house. Wow. Well, he referred Doesn't to Doesn't sound like you want to go to his. No. But, but well, hold on. What is the dimension again? Eight and a half by. So it's Small. a hand towel? Eight That's and pretty one much sixteenth inches wide by uh, 11 and five sixteenths. So it's a hand towel. Yeah. I mean, you've been to a person's house and went into their bathroom and you saw a towel hanging in there to dry your hands after you washed your hands, right? I always feel weird about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? <laughs> because that's there all the time. It's not like a paper towel. What do you mean it's there all the time? You don't wash yours? What? No, like, yeah, you wash it, but it's used by the family and everything, right? Sometimes it's not. Hopefully by anybody who uses it in the uses bathroom. Uses that bathroom, yeah. Hopefully you've actually washed your hands before you use it, though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's not to wipe. <laughs> that's the, the ticket. Wait, See, it's George. not to wipe the piss off your hands. It's to wipe the water <laughs> off your hands. After you've washed I them. think what I'm thinking about is not a hand towel, but like you go in a bathroom and there's not a hand towel and there's just bath towels. So do you dry your hands on the Wait, bath towel? what's the difference between... I, I don't understand... No, you go in someone's house. This is hand. the most male, yeah. oblivious conversation ever right so, now. So you, you... Keith, you go over to a friend's house. Okay. You're having dinner and game night. And you go to their bathroom and you do your business. You wash your hands okay. and there's no hand towel. What is but there? But there's two full-size towels. full-size towels hanging there where the – I use the full-size towel. Yeah, of course it, you Should do. I not? That's what they've left for you. Would yeah. You, if that's depending, that's depending what I feel weird about. Like. That's what I feel weird about. So if they're oh, folded, yeah, fair, fair. if they're folded, right. no, no, if they're I will hanging, use those. They're hanging because they've been used when someone took a shower. Back of my pants legs. Yeah. So oh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so like, low, I don't low down below use, the calves. I don't want to use a bath towel. I just don't give it a second's thought. And I, I know that they, again, it's not to wipe the piss off say, of you. Somebody's dried their ass crack with that <laughs> thing. Oh, but the ass crack was clean. Was it? Is it ever really? I'm going to give the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt. Is it ever really clean enough to wash your hands? I know where my pants have been. <laughs> the moment you open that shower curtain, the ass crack is dirty again. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't leave the shower. Don't leave the shower. Stay in Perpetual the shower. shower. So where does this go? Where does this article go? Okay. So, wait, so, so before, I would say then I'm in favor of the hand towel because you know that's just used for hands. Right. Okay. So is this guy hands that have been in a crack previously, <laughs> by the way? And hopefully in a sink with some warm water and some soap. <laughs> you know, if there's soap and water, then you use the hand towel. If not, yeah. you just leave. Right. Back <laughs> yeah. of the pants legs. There's no sink. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
I mean, I, look, I, look, I'm not caught up, but it's not going to happen. So just keep going. <laughs> Craig looked at me like, do you need something cleared up before I continue? It's like, oh, just, just, just go. It's fine. I'm hanging on to the outside of this car. <laughs> we do not hate gay colors. <laughs> That's the next line. Yeah. God. This is a bright. Is this the one from the 50s? Maybe. It is. Yeah, oh, it is, yeah. there you go. This is a bright new world of 10,000 hues and men's pajamas and sports shirts. We assume that aesthetic color combinations in bathrooms are as essential to a correctly furnished home as dust collecting drapes in the living room. Are they guest drapes or normal drapes? It depends on what they say, so, wiped last. So now we're down to a very Spartan existence. This suggests that drapes are supposed to be collecting dust. Is that what they're supposed to be doing? I hope but not. They but they do. Keep the yeah. sun okay. outside. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out. <laughs> You're not welcome here. They keep the dust inside. <laughs> wait, wait. Am I the irrational one here? No. Okay. I got really concerned. I was like... <laughs> I was the misconception of drapes my whole life. But do you try your hands on them when you cover someone's house? If there were no towels. <laughs> oh, yes. good question. Have you ever used a curtain hanging in a bathroom? I have. Detroit, is it a guest curtain or a normal person's curtain that they wipe their ass with? <laughs> Sometimes people have forgotten to put out a towel. There's nothing else in there. Oh, there's a curtain. All right, great. It's always the back of Neil's pants leg. Yeah, that's true. I should take yeah. Neil with me every time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I do that in public restrooms all the yeah. time. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. After my next shower, every shower from now on, I'm only going to dry my ass crack <laughs> with, the with the hand towels. And then, and then, I'm going to back. fold it very neatly. <laughs> Put it back so they're no the longer towel holder, no, so that Neil thinks he's fine and dandy and wonderful. It's like, oh, it's folded, it's neat, it's a hand towel. These are no longer hand this towels. Has been nowhere near an ass crack. <laughs> they're butt towels. It's right, a butt hung right towel. beside the sink. That's what. That's a new design for hand towels, right? It says "beautiful butterfly" on the front, and then the back side of it says has been used on an ass crack. <laughs> so you pick it up and you're drying your hands off and then you go to put it back down and you get to see that what, you just dried your say? hands on an ass crack. Why am I having deja vu right now? There's no way we've had this conversation. <laughs> oh, so. there's a very real possibility we've had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this thing up. But an informal poll carried out on some time reveals an interesting fact. Only one guest in 33 uses those dainty miniature towels. All others, being sensible folks, use a corner of one of the heavier towels, the same ones that are currently being used by a member of the family as a bath towel. End of article. Why was this... 67% of people? Are using the bath towel and not the hand towel. I, if when that was the, the article option? from the 50s, I... I think that statistic has changed. Yeah. yeah. That is the article from the 50s. Were, were people ago, in the yeah. 1950s afraid of hand towels? It probably was just a new thing. <laughs> like a they new, looked a too new fancy. Concept, okay, a new but, but, with but all the gay colors. I remember and... seeing the newsreels of hand towel shelters <laughs> and grills where kids were getting under their desks <laughs> because there were dirty hand towels in the I doorway. Don't, <laughs> it's, it, okay. My brain is. Cover. I, I, I'm still one owner writer over here because I'm unable to comprehend any reality, whatever the time, space, period, year is, that someone cannot make the leap from understanding. Oh, a big towel. That's for drying your whole body. 
what the hell is this little <laughs> towel thing? What could that be for? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. That's understand. hanging beside the sink. Yeah, right. I don't understand yeah. how you, how the 1958 brain is unable to make that leap to be like, huh? This is foreign. What if the hand towel hanging is clearly something that was made by a grandmother, is like lacy or embroidered or something? I don't think that's it. I think it's a decorative element not to be used at all like a plate hanging on the wall. Yeah, you're not going to serve yourself on that plate. You're so not. You, from you, the Franklin You think that whatever. the original hand towels were just ornamental. I think most of them. I know in, in my house, my mom had plenty of ornamental stuff like that around that was not meant By to be By the used. sink? Yeah. Why? But that's so, so much. So it was always a color-coordinated thing. So the yep. And the towels in that bathroom, if guests were coming over when I was growing up, were also changed out to match oh, yeah. whatever it was. So there's the there has been this weird race of like prettying up your bathroom mm -hmm. and different areas to make guests think you live in that manner, which is insane. So was this article against the towels for guests or for hand towels? Hand towels. It was yeah. anti hand towel. So like okay. if you stay in the night, they'll give you a towel to wash yourself. Yeah. But if you Maybe. Go, if you come over for games and dinner, don't go wiping your dirty hands like, on the are decorative these towel. Like are these people wanting to make sure when the people come back from the bathroom that their hands are still wet? So, so the, that they did all okay, was it? Did you dry your hands? <laughs> no. So here's what I get is that Weirdo. some of those decorative ones don't absorb any water. Yeah. Like there's they're, like embroideries and all yes. sorts of other crap on and them. And they're okay, made of like paper well, thin dumb. kind of weird material. Or, or a bunch of plastic stuff has been pressed onto it yep. and it doesn't soak up anything. That's dumb. Yeah. Like we, are, like we just get like hand towels because that's what you should have. That probably match your bath towels. I don't even, I don't know that because right. we have a powder room. So, well, they come, you buy, okay. a lot of times you yeah. buy towels and they come with the matching hand towels. It's all a set. Right. right. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. We just glazed over this. What's a powder room? What? <laughs> a powder room is a half bath. It, it doesn't just have has a... a toilet and a sink. Okay, gotcha. So that's even weirder when you have full bath towels hanging. That would be strange. So we don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh you made a mess things have Let gone wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah i just have you one can wipe your ass with this what one what do they this, think yeah. is happening in here <laughs> just one bath towel rolled up around the base of the toilet just just for when things go wrong <laughs> all right we cut to a house in the in this area in the 1790s at a dinner party one of the guests has just come back in from the outhouse oh james yeah <laughs> James, um, yeah, my wife and I are glad you came to dinner. That's my with, pleasure. With Thank your you. Family. This is a fine goose you prepared. <laughs> yes, we're known for our goose here in Sunbeam. All the trimmings. Now, I have to ask you a question. Um, ah, shoot. You're, you're new to the neighborhood. You're new to the area. Ah, Y'all are really nice and accommodating. I appreciate you having me over with your hospitality. It's, it's great. You make a man feel welcome. I have to be honest, though. It's... Uh, Bit of a rite of passage. Anyone that moves into the area, we want to oh. kind of get a measure of the man, so to speak. Oh, I, I understand. Yeah. So, what can I do you for? So, uh, you used our facilities. Oh, that's out correct. in the backyard there. The, yeah. The outhouse. Yeah. I have to ask you. Uh huh. Did you use one of our corn cobs hanging on the <laughs> post? Hanging on the post inside, or did you bring something yourself that you could use? Well, I mean, simple, sorry, it's, did, it's a simple question. It's a, it's a, it's a delicate, it's a, it's a delicate question. You know, I prefer not to talk about a man's privy time. Uh, well, uh, no, and it's you're right. It's private. It's a private thing. Uh, okay, it's just got, you're okay. in our home and you're our guest. But okay, I want to know okay, what fine, sort of liberties fine. you took I'm with my guest. corn cobs. I'm your guest. I will let you know. I saw the corn cob. Okay. 
figured out pretty quickly what it was there for. But I'll be honest with you, it looked a bit rough. Well, I, I didn't like the idea of using that post-privy. So uh, I found something that seemed a bit softer. And what was that? I mean, it's, it's, it should be pretty obvious. I mean, the sheep pen is pretty close to the outhouse. Uh, wait one second now. Are you saying you took one of our sheep and cleaned yourself up? Well, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, at what age is it a sheep? It was, it was one of the smaller ones. A you lamb know. then. There you go, a lamb. That's a what it was. Baby lamb, one yeah. of our baby lambs. So got some fluff on it. It, it was. It felt. It was soft. Felt better than that corn cob. I'll tell you that right now. Now then, do we have any dessert? No, uh, sir. Uh, daddy, daddy. Yes. Look at Lanolin. He smells kind of funny, but he's so soft. Oh, I. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, Lanolin, give me a kiss. This, I this, love okay. you. Go not kiss that lamb. This is probably not a, today. This is probably a, a fair enough time. I wasn't going to bring it up, but but now that you know the lamb's out of the bag, as it were, I, I I do feel the need to let you know that your meal, while delicious, it did not treat my insides particularly well. Put that lamb down, little Jimmy. Uh, but he's so soft and no, cuddly. but it's not. He's, he's my clean. best friend. It's now been sullied by our new neighbor. Well, it's been sullied. I did. I did Think know of that, it as a corn cob. I did not know that the lamb was a pet. I figured it was a lamb for the slaughter, and you know, you know, in our rules here in our neighborhood, we aren't allowed to have livestock on our own property. Only pets. Oh, daddy, there's oh. a there's a goose feather in the fur. Yeah, you 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 need to be more careful when you're preparing that meal. I, I, I look. I was gonna be polite, and not say any of this, but once again, lambs out of the bag, as it were. <laughs> and thus concludes this episode of shit-covered lamb theater. <laughs> See, don't look at me. You started this mess. I did. I think it ran its course. Did people use Listen. corn cobs? Yes. They did. Yeah. And you, and if you Ooh. went in and you that's all you had, you might use it. Wait, but, but probably wait, shouldn't. Okay, but it was effective though. What? I'm sure. Oh, it probably nooks well, and crannies. Well, I understand the nooks, nooks and crannies. <laughs> what what phase are we at? Is this a corn cob that was tossed from the dinner table after a it, meal? It's a corn cob that has been field? all the all the kernels yeah. are gone. Mm-hmm. Right, somebody ate the corn, and then it's just a cob, or it was so dried and nooks, then the corn was removed. Yeah, yeah. Nur- nooks so and this crannies. is like nooks and like, crannies. Okay. Like deer corn dried out in a field is what I'm thinking of. Could be, I mean, it could be either, but you would presume it would be the, the dried corn from the field. Back in the days of Sunbeam, we didn't distinguish between deer corn and regular corn. Okay, great. Daddy, I got your pipe. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to have your pipe after dinner. Post-goose meal, smoking up the pipe. Got it out of this is the guest corn cob. Oh, it's a guest corn cob. So yeah. we had people over last night. One of the things I checked just because of childhood was the hand towel. You put a fresh one out? I made sure it was fresh. It was. It had just been changed a couple days okay. ago. But I was yeah. like, all right, let me make sure it's not a... But you, yeah. as a resident of the home, use that hand towel when you wash your own hands. I do. Okay, so do I. I'm not at your house. But like in my house. I don't <laughs> you come over. if you were at my house. I, I wash my hands yeah. and go to Neil's house. Use the hand towel. Go <laughs> yeah. home. It's weird, but it's all right. Wet we have hands a thing. on the wheel all the way over. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get there quick. It'll air dry. And that's not helpful. <laughs> the next... Okay, here's here's my plan. for the. Uh, we're going to have a get-together. Uh, I'm ho- y'all are going to forget about this before this happens. And I'm just going to put a bunch of corn cobs in a basket <laughs> in our bathroom. And you start doing that. And I'm going to take out all the toilet paper. <laughs> Claire will kill you. 
<laughs> That's got to be awful. Now, aren't you grateful for toilet paper? I am, but I'm also just a little bit curious. At the corn cob? Yeah. Like how like, it would work? Nooks and crannies. Well, like, I don't want to do it. It's a single use. But I'm right? also there's, no, there's a reason. Well, no, that's, the, no, that's why it would be so no. awful if you used the family's a, corn cob. You made a comment about it being on a string. Right. A corn cob on a string. Yeah, like, on a wait, peg. Wait a second. No, you, you're not gonna, how many corn cobs you got? You wait, got as many as I need, <laughs> but more than one. You only got as many corn cobs you got. You're on a farm. Did you name all your corn cobs, too? I mean, you got you got I mean, one corn cob hanging from a In string. the 1790s, everybody was on a farm. Yeah. So, wait, where, are you getting this from somewhere? That's a real thing. Corn cobs is a real thing. I, I know that, yeah. but multiple use corn cob toilet uh, paper is what I I'm... mean, you're in a family together. <laughs> Finish that sentence. Finish that sentence. The problem is when your, na- your neighbor comes in and doesn't respect your, your personal corn cob. <laughs> No, no, no. I want you to finish that other sentence, and then I want you to sign that statement. George, when, when, they, when, when, I, was, when I was doing that scene, I at first was going to make it a newspaper, and then you were supposed to have brought your own paper or something, but I thought corn cob would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want you to finish the sentence where you were up. I feel like you were about to say to some degree that it's okay for well, a family to use the same cord cob to clean the butts. <laughs> say I, it. I think just say, say it. I think were it me, I would want us to each have our own corn cob. But you're in an outhouse. Do you have room for all these corn cobs? You got nine people in your you family? Could, uh, yes. Big corn cob. <laughs> I, I will I will line the walls with corn cobs. <laughs> Craig's like, I'm all about build, building individual cubbies. I sit on a throne Craig corn with corn president. <laughs> He's got my vote. But the other thing, you don't want to take the corn cob out of there and just put it in the house somewhere. Oh, oh, so there's a hole in the ground. Oh, okay. So let me get this straight. You don't want to bring that poop cob into the house. Do you take your shit with you when you leave, or what is the? No, so right. So you wouldn't carry you wouldn't carry a used corn cob in your home. Yeah, yeah. Don't care. That's gross. Don't don't keep that corn cob on your fingertips to throw it away after you use it. No, leave it in there so the next family member can use it, like a decent person. That's the line. We're in, we were in the days of dysentery, probably. Oh, yeah. People they, were going were in different. that outhouse multiple times yeah. a day. Yeah. Times were different. Now we won't even share t- toothbrushes. <laughs> Whoa is the day. <laughs> Got well, about two we, toothbrushes. We, not that we should. But, George, you know, that that's depends. Where, what was that toothbrush being used for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just teeth. Sure. But if you went over to someone's house and you went in their bathroom and you used their toothbrush, bath towel, would you use their toothbrush? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Wait, what point did you just make? The point he made is he's an exceptionally good lawyer who argues baffling bullshit. <laughs> if you wouldn't use somebody enough. So if you yeah. wouldn't use somebody's toothbrush, why did you just use their corn cob? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Curtain goes up on beautiful autumn days by Betty Orlaman. All of a sudden, fall began to express itself. From hot, sticky days, we have suddenly been treated to cool mornings. Surprisingly cool, actually. More like cold. That's okay, though. The sky is a more brilliant shade of blue. The birds are stopping at our bird feeder in larger numbers. The squirrels are scurrying up and down the trees, and the deer seem to be all over the place. Frequently, there is a thick fog in the morning. For some reason, I like those misty mornings. I enjoy walking the two dogs out into the white dampness. And surprisingly, they seem to like it, too. It might seem silly. But when I can't see anything but white, it feels kind of magical, like being in the clouds. 
When the mist rises, there is a real beauty in that, too, like a curtain going up. First, I can see the ground, and then the base of the trees, and then the entire trees are exposed, except for a shroud of mist. Mist. <laughs> a shroud of mist clinging to the tops of the taller cedars. Then everything is clear, and a new day has begun. The other day, as the sun was coming up, I saw something I'd never seen before. Of course, everything was damp from the fog, and I spotted numerous dewdrops attached to tall blades of grass next to the garden. They gleamed and sparkled in sunlight. The most amazing thing to me was that they shone with all the hues of a rainbow. The wild dogwoods around our house and into the woods are lovely no matter the season. Right now, their leaves are beginning to turn color and curl up. Bright red berries adorn the branches with the promise of white blossoms in the spring. When the weather is very hot in the summer, all of our pets find the coolest spots and stretch out to their fullest. I was actually very frugal with the air conditioning. That cost money. Now that the days are cold, I still keep my window open. It's a real pleasure to curl up in my double bed under a cozy quilt. The only problem is that Cece and Ollie have decided to join me. They cannot be discouraged. Shutting them out makes them howl and cry pathetically. It's like, quit making it sound like some tawdry novel. <laughs> this is fan fiction. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> erotic, erotic newspaper in French town. As I've written... All right, I'm, right, I'm going to oh. try. I'm going to try. <laughs> so we cut to a, uh, a live news broadcast. A terrible tornado has torn through a small town... And a reporter is on the scene uh, trying to get eyewitness accounts after the event has occurred. That's right. This is uh, Samuel Tomlinson here on the scene. A terrible tornado has ravaged through this tiny small town here. Um, hundreds are missing. Um, many are presumed dead. Um, I have found someone here local who was there on the scene. I'm going to get them to describe what it is that actually occurred when this tornado came through. Um, Betty Orleman? Correct? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Could you please tell us, Betty, about this terrible, tragic event that has torn through this once quiet and peaceful town? Oh, it was so beautiful. It came through and... Oh, so it was a very was... nice day before the the tornado came through. Oh, well, when the tornado arrived, oh. uh, it was a wonderful sound like a locomotive, like I remember from my childhood, oh. riding the rails with my grandpa. Okay, yes, many yes, people then, describe the sound as being a, a train of sorts. It was wonderful, and then, then I saw my dog, Felix, flying oh. through the air. He had his tongue out and wagging, looked so happy. Oh. Yeah, I think he landed over by the, uh, the Jones house about four blocks down. Looked like it put him down pretty lightly, though. Oh, okay, so your dog and is then, okay. Uh, I, no, I believe he's probably dead. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. But yes, and then it tore this beautiful path right through town. You see that cleared area? It looks like a fresh roadbed prepared for wagons and other such travelers from days past. Okay, um, but I'm, I'm assuming that this was a very scary and harrowing event, Betty. Oh, no, it was quite pleasant and Oh, you could see everything flying and moving. It's just like God came down and parted the town right through the middle. Uh, okay. Um, just like Moses parting the waters. Well, Betty, I'm not sure if you've been made aware of this, but the tornado went straight through, and I do mean directly through, the local orphanage, which was fully packed with oh, young yes. orphans. In fact, they were flying in circles and some holding hands as they were looping. They looked like they were having a wonderful time. Uh, 
um, we have not been able to locate any of the orphans. This is a, it's a terrible tragedy, Betty. Uh, oh, I'm sure they'll find somewhere. Um, oh, I wish there was someone else nearby. Uh, so, so Betty, um, my husband is around. If you'd like to talk to him, I, I, I think that might be for the best, Betty. Um, I believe uh, his name is Grisham. Yes, Grisham Orleman. Okay, uh, Grisham Orleman. Uh, your your wife, such a wonderful looking on the bright side of things type of a lady here. Did you ask her about the tornado? Um, yes, I did. Did she tell you about the orphans? Um, uh, well, she, flying through the air, holding hands. Uh, well, she mentioned it. Yes, she said something about they probably singing about hymns. Sing. Yeah, she told me this morning she saw orphans and they might have that, that like they were enjoying the ride. Oh, um, it well, was horrible. It, y- y- yes, it was horrible. That's what I've heard. Is it, it was, was horrible, grisly, <laughs> Gri- oh, oh, grisly. Oh, My did- wife gets up and I, God bless her. Gets up on the sunny side of every bed every morning with rose-colored glasses. But these glasses yesterday, <laughs> they were black. Black as night. It was grisly. It was bloody. Um, my dog landed in my neighbor's yard. Not a neighbor uh, I know. A neighbor from two blocks away. Oh, He's not coming home. Oh boy. Okay. Well, let's let's be careful of how have, descriptive we are. Have, this is live television. We don't want to. You have no idea what it's like living with this woman. Oh. No. Grisham this, is such a naysayer. He's always so negative. I don't understand. I'll tell you. I mean, between your sunny. Would you like a mint julep? Between your sunny disposition, say no to the mint julep. And Would Grisha, you like your dark nature, julep? it's 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 a shame that you don't have a child who meets somewhere in the middle. Oh, have you not met our child? No, I did not know. What is your child's name? Our t- child's name is Goldie. Goldie is Goldie nearby. Goldie is ha. Goldie, Yo, Goldie. Hey, come on hey, over, hey, Goldie. Hey, this darling. newsman wants to tell you. Your mama's been filling his ear with treacly stories about orphans and dogs flying to Oz. Oh, yeah. I've been playing in the orphan pile all morning. Oh, it's oh did you have fun? That was so much fun. Goldie doesn't have pile. fun. Goldie does exactly what Goldie's told, don't you, Goldie? Oh, yeah, of course, Daddy. So you done piling up them orphans? Well, the pile was already kind of made. I was really just kind of playing in it. Well... Well, now, Goldie, um, from what I understand, speaking with your mother, who has just got a wonderful dis- disposition, looking on the bright side of things, your father, he's very much a Realis- realistic realism. Um, I, I, who do you side more with, Goldie? Oh, well, I, I find it's very difficult to find size when we live in a world in which we're really merely just the particulates of matter and atoms at the mo- smallest of sense. That was all really created at the source of the Big Bang, and every once in a while, you will find that these elements collide into one another into a beautiful tornado that rips apart existence as we know it, but makes this beautiful cloud of dust and human remains and atoms to fly around up in the air so that they can all land together in a pile that a child could play in he and also just, be a part of. He is the sweetest little nihilist well, I've ever seen. Hey, that's it. There's there's a a somewhat comforting realism. Nihilism. My wife's correct about the word nihilism. nihilism. Okay. Yes, it's German. I mean, I can't say I'm comforted right now, but um, I'm accepting. You should of not what's be happening. comforted. You I'm, see the pile of orphans. I'm, I'm, oh, 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 there whether, they are. Whether yep. they held hands as they flew through the air, don't uh, enter into it. Uh, well, I love yeah, the pile. pile. I enjoyed the pile of orphans so much. I did bring them all here to the house. Uh, I got a horse cart from the backyard, of Cody, course. put those orphans back where you found them. They're so fun. Put them back where you found them. We don't <laughs> have room for more piles of bodies. <laughs> 
Oh, come on now. Let Goldie do what Goldie does. We've got beautiful piles of bodies. Stop dressing them up. Goldie, you can dress them up all you want, sweetheart. Think I'll, I'll, I'll put They're this not one. your orphans. Well, none of us are anybody's orphans, and yet at the same time, we all coexist as orphans in the universe, Daddy. I've just been informed <laughs> that the station has stopped broadcasting some time ago. Um, aren't we all really just speaking into a void at the end of the day? Apparently, you're going to want to clean your shoes when you go back to your car. Yes, the, the station manager no longer sees the point. <laughs> Of anything, really. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is whatever I said my name was at the beginning of the sketch. Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Something Tomlinson. Yeah. I'm going to go sit quietly somewhere for a while. <laughs> I found your dog. <laughs> Just put him on the pile. <laughs> we have successfully found a dead dog underneath a pile of orphans. We have checked we, all the boxes for small killed, town news today. We killed lots of kids. Oh, I didn't we, the- we, it, was a, it was a fully stocked orphanage, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was how you described it. Fully, fully stocked <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> well, that, you understand there was a tornado two weeks ago that created a fully stocked orphanage. <laughs> it, it, tore through, it tore through the adult house that killed all the adults in town. They'd all gone to work at the adult house. There was a, there was a meeting downtown with all the adults, all the parents. All parents, please report to City Hall at 6 p.m. Bring, bring your pillow and your toothbrush. Leave your, kids stay in, the night. leave your kids at home. Why is Mordecai locking the door? <laughs> Bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch of small town news. Bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch of small town news. Bunch of bunch of bunch of bunch of small town news. I love how we have that as the wipe. Yeah. You've just tolerated another episode of Small Town News, a production of Small Town News, LLC. Today's episode of Small Town News was inspired by the Delaware Valley News of Frenchtown, New Jersey, and stories written by Betty Orleman, Kevin J. Gould, and several unnamed authors. Episodes are performed and produced by Keith Boyd, George Oliver, Neil Oliver, and Craig Ramey. Research by Dr. Jessica Saxon. Music performed by George Oliver. This episode was recorded in the Clark Drugstore Building in beautiful downtown New Bern, North Carolina. Small Town News is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Facebook Podcasts, and your granny's gramophone. Like what you hear? Leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos, exclusive updates, and opportunities to share your favorite small-town news. Thanks for joining us. And remember... 99 (laughs) orphan kids (laughs) flying in the summer sky. (laughs) 99 shash orphan kids. Orphan kids go flying high, flying high like love balloons. 99... Nose 97. All right. Sick all right. And twisted. Wow, yes. we, we 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 really hit all the notes on that one. <laughs> killed it. We killed a bunch of kids. We put them in a pile. We 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 had a scene so chock full of scat that it had to be ended after only like three minutes. I'll tell you, you 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 had that nihilism just on the tip of your tongue, ready to go. You had a a, a damn soliloquy of nihilism just ready, stocked.
<laughs> yeah, watching just... a lot of documentaries about the universe lately. <laughs> Realizing just how small we all were. Well, and actually, that harkened back to the story about the wood smoke. The, fi- the par- fine particulates of yeah, matter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was intentional. That was sick and twisted. I was like, if we need, I was like, okay, maybe this will go somewhere. If if it doesn't go anywhere, then I'm just gonna keep taking Betty to different places in history. I had the Hindenburg ready to go. <laughs> I was gonna. We didn't you. need to. Oh yeah, we didn't need to. But just in case, I, just in case, I was like, just in case, yeah. we'll just go to different places in time. We cut to the Hindenburg explosion. <laughs> Betty is the commentator. That is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> I wish they were all here to see this. Such pretty flames. Grab your marshmallows, everyone. It's prime roasting time. Grizzly. <laughs>